crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Exciting to talk about today's topic. We're talking all about AI, and I wanted to take this moment and do an individual episode on AI. There are tons of experts that we could bring on, tons of professionals, both in uh, the insurance industry as well as outside the insurance industry that I want to bring in to the podcast and get uh, their thoughts, their feedback, what they're seeing, because this is going to be the biggest question of our day. There, There's so much going on in the world. It is exciting. It is scary. Uh, there are things happening that are real. Uh, the economy seems crazy, uh, and by crazy, I, mean, I don't trust it. Uh, I know some indicators are pointing up, but if you buy your own groceries, it certainly doesn't feel like things are going well. Uh, there's wars. There's nonsensical political issues. We have an election coming up, which means everyone is going to hate each other pretty soon. Um, and, and all of that is is very real, and not to mention just the day-to-day stuff of living your life and your mental health and your physical fitness. And then you throw in this idea into business of artificial intelligence of AI. And I think what I am seeing from most of the people I talk to is really it's a two outcome result. They are either in it, digging in, grabbing it with both hands, trying to integrate it into their lives, into their business, figuring out how they can leverage AI to more efficiently run their business or grow their business, et cetera, or they're just pretending like AI doesn't exist. And it feels overwhelming and it feels maybe like a fad. And and I think that I think one of those is right. And but what I actually think the answer is somewhere in the middle. And that's what I really want to talk about. I want to talk about what is real, what isn't from my perspective. I have spent an extraordinary amount of time uh researching these tools, playing with these tools. You if you follow me on social media, you listen to the podcast, you've seen the videos I've done. Um, you've probably seen some of the stuff I've done just around AI and content creation. Uh, if you follow along with Rogue Risk, then you see that we recently did a press release around launching uh, the insurance industry's first commercial insurance search engine. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, that is driven by artificial intelligence, and I'll explain exactly what that means. These are all really heady and important topics. And regardless of your insurance industry or not, in, in the podcast, uh, listenership is growing. Uh, outside of the insurance industry as well. We have a lot of listeners that are coming in who you know, want to hear um, perspective. They want to hear some of the interviews. They want to uh, grow uh, in their own careers and lives as we continue to focus on kind of personal development and on business um, that aren't in the insurance industry. And frankly, I'm going to continue to move the podcast away from insurance specific. And the reason for that is there are about 10 bazillion insurance-specific podcasts that exist in the world now. When I first started podcasting back in 2012, it really was just me. And then Cass, you know, Jason Cass started his podcast, and then you know, there were a couple hours. There was a time when I remember there was like six podcasts that talked to the insurance industry. Now there's probably 600. It's crazy. And really, uh, most of them do a better job of getting into the nitty-gritty of the insurance industry than I do. Because frankly and you guys know this about me, like, I love the insurance industry. This is my business. This is where I'll be forever in terms of uh, running a business. But where I think I can add more value to you guys is in broader concepts, business concepts, um, 
personal development concepts, mental health concepts, physical health concepts. These are the things that I've found as I've grown as a leader uh, and as a professional that really impact a business. We could talk insurance tactics. We could talk markets. Frankly, guys, you should be figuring that stuff out on your own, in my opinion. Um, everything I know in those spaces, I learned from either talking to other people that I respect, trust, and adore, or uh, I have figured it out myself by doing the work. When I see organizations fall apart, it is almost never because of tactics. Frankly, I don't know an insurance organization, uh, be they an agency, a, a consultancy, a, a carrier, a vendor. It's never because of the tactics. So frankly, I don't want to talk about tactics. Uh, I'm happy to answer questions. If you want to hit me up in comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, go in the comments. If you want to ask me questions about tactics, do it in the comments. Connect with me on Instagram, uh, Ryan underscore Hanley on Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram now. I just find it's a great way to connect. It's very easy. Um, it's kind of a visual. It combines visual, video, audio, and text in a way that makes it very easy to communicate. Uh, you can communicate in small bites. So I do a lot of that there. If you have questions about specific tactics, if you have then hit me up in those spaces. Leave, leave those questions in the comments. I don't really want to spend a tremendous amount of time here on the podcast, whether you're listening to this in the audio version or uh, we've recently re-released -re the show uh, on video on YouTube. So if you enjoy watching or you do want to ask a question specific to the show, probably YouTube channel is the best way to do that. So you can head over to YouTube, just search my name. You'll find the show. I'll also have it linked up in the show notes um, as well there. So if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, subscribe or ask a question, please do that over there as we continue to grow the YouTube channel. And uh, the other piece to this is, um, you know, there is absolutely a reckoning coming in AI, but I want to use this as a crux to talk through really any new technology as well. So that's what this show is going to be about today. Hope you enjoy it. Um, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes here in a second, but uh, as I mentioned, uh, YouTube. We're now on YouTube. So subscribe on YouTube. Would love that. If you like to watch the show, it's also the probably the best place to leave comments because I get notifications and I go in, I try to answer every comment that I get. Uh, we're kind of re-releasing, did a lot on YouTube uh, for a while and then I took a break and now we're re-releasing the show there and we'll continue to do so. I uh, have a new series coming out. So you're listening to this, um, depending on when you listen to it, um, we have a new series. So we're going to start launching two shows a week. Uh, one is going to be back to interviews, long form interviews, 45 minutes or an hour plus, uh, in some cases, depending on the guest. Uh, those will come out on Thursdays. That'll be kind of the classic format of the show. And then I'm releasing a new series, which will come out on Mondays called The Monday Mindset, which if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that mindset, mental models, uh, philosophy, these kind of things are just like sex to me. I love them. And uh, I try to integrate them in my life because uh, in my own journey, I found that I need tools. I need mental tools, mental mindsets. I need these things to operate in the world in a constructive way and in the most uh, 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 highly productive way that I can, not just in productivity in terms of pure output through business, but in my relationships. I want to be productive in my relationships, both my romantic relationship that I have, uh, as well as my relationship with my children. Uh, I have an ex-spouse now. I want to have a productive relationship with her. I want to be productive with my friends. I want to be productive with the, my peers in the industry. I want to have productive relationships with uh, the other members of my organization, my team members, as well as our parent company, SIA, which is now 
you know, approaching 300 people. Uh, there's tons of new departments, tons of new initiatives there, which is really exciting. And I want to be a part of that and be a productive member of that team, uh, as well as the industry of the whole, as a whole. And I have, and to do that, we can't just be blundering around, bouncing into things, hoping that we have a good interaction. We need to think through uh, how we interact with the world. We need to think through um, how we want to present ourselves, which pieces of us seem to fit who we are and which pieces need to be worked on. And I consider them tools. I literally visualize them as tools in my tool belt. And I will bring some of these concepts out, some of these ideas out when necessary. And I want to share those with you because that nerdy journey has been incredible for me. I feel as close to who I am as a person, as close to who I was when I was a kid uh, in terms of the pure version of myself, uh, obviously, uh, uh, hopefully slightly more mature, um, although not in all cases. Um, I, I want to deliver those concepts to you and those are going to come out on Monday. Um, so if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, you can do that. The other thing too is guys, uh, a week from now, this show will no longer be on the main feed of agency intelligence. I'm removing the show from the main feed of agency intelligence, uh, mostly for just kind of being more myself. Uh, I have loved being part of the agency intelligence network. It literally has nothing to do with Casser's team. They've been phenomenal. They've been an integral part of this podcast continuing to exist through uh, you know, the really tumultuous times of Rogue Risk when I really didn't have any more bandwidth than to simply send them a show. And they took care of so much of it. I couldn't be more thankful or happy uh, 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 or appreciative of Cass and his team for what they've done for me in the show. But just for my own reasons, I want to take it back and have it all in-house is, is really, uh, it's another test. Uh, I have a, a virtual assistant now who is helping me and I want to start to create systems and processes that are completely inside my control uh, that I can test all kinds of things on the fly and get immediate and real feedback um, from that individual and, and that I can see in numbers, et cetera. Because all of this stuff, um, obviously I love doing the show and I want to grow it because it's a big part of who of my life. And, and what makes me happy. But I also take all these lessons that I learn on the personal side of this show that I do here on the Ryan Hanley show that I do in my social media. I take the things that work there and I apply them to rogue risk. So, you know, I think uh, a, a lot of people see me being very, very active on social media and doing the podcast and all these different things. And maybe they think, well, geez, what's going on? Why isn't he focused on rogue risk? I focus on rogue risk all the time. I spend way too much time thinking about rogue risk, to be honest with you. Uh, and we're growing and things are great and, and happy to share some of that uh, as we go in, in whatever capacity that's interesting. But uh, this is my testing ground. This is my proving ground. This is where I figure out, uh, does turning a, a quote graphic on Instagram from a, a just a framed image into a seven second video with maybe a little music behind it. Does that amplify its reach? Does that help us get to more people? And if it does or it doesn't, et cetera, I take that learnings, I package it up. And then I go and I talk to my uh, head of marketing, Ryan Gifford, and he and I will then strategize. How do we then implement these things into rogues risk strategy so that we're not testing in rogue risk? I don't necessarily want to do all the testing. Cause if you look through my social feeds, you'll see, I, I try all kinds of different things and some of them work. Some of them don't, I don't want that to be rogue, right? Rogue should be the things that work. They should be the learnings that I get from what I'm doing on the personal side, taking those learnings and applying them to rogue. Risk. So when that is my process, uh, and, and really I think all of you should steal that process. If you want to get better 
in your business, if you want your business to grow, it's not always appropriate to be doing all that testing in your business brand. Use your personal profile, create a new profile, uh, maybe create a faceless profile, get a profile just around some kind of brand and test all kinds of stuff and see what works and what doesn't. And the things that work, take them, figure out how to apply them to your business, uh, regardless if that's insurance or otherwise. So the business is always operating in a place that is a good representation of your brand, that's on point, that is using tactics, strategies, tools, et cetera, that amplify it. And you're not wasting time in the business doing testing, you're testing in another platform. That's what I use my personal brand for. Uh, also, I, I have a message. I love helping people. I love sharing what I'm doing. I love sharing different, all the different things, which is obvious as well. So it kind of provides a dual role. But the reason I do so much in, in kind of the Ryan Hanley brand, I'm doing air quotes for those of you listening, is because I take all of those learnings and then I you know, have meetings with my team and then we dissect what we think we can apply to Rogue Risk and then we'll do it. So, um, so some of those things you'll see. So some of those things we're going to talk about. So long story short, uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast from an audio version to the Ryan Hanley feed, if you're not seeing my image, the Ryan Hanley show in whatever podcast player you use, um, a week from today, you will no longer get the show. So, so would love for you to jump over and subscribe to the show, uh, in the audio feed. If you still want that, if you prefer video or you like both go over to YouTube and subscribe. If you have questions, comments, et cetera, that you want to connect with me, the best place to do that is on Instagram, Ryan underscore Hanley on Instagram. Okay. So that was a way too long of an intro. Uh, hopefully you got a little value there. Um, and, uh, uh, let's get on to the AI portion of this show. So we're 13 minutes in, um, obviously, um, uh, making words come out of my face hole is an expertise of mine. And I will continue to try to be a little more concise on the intros in the future, but we do have a lot of changes, uh, launching the YouTube channel, launching a new show, et cetera. Felt justified, but all context that you did not need. All right, let's, let's talk about AI. First and foremost, AI is coming. You can't do anything about it. Uh, it will impact your business regardless of industry. I don't care what you're doing. Um, I don't care if you're doing handcrafted Etsy, uh, artisan things that you're creating, uh, there will be individuals from God knows where creating 3D printed versions that compete against you. Uh, if you're in insurance, this is absolutely going to have an impact on us. Uh, I am seeing that already day to day. I think Rogue is way out ahead of it. Um, I plan to continue to be way out ahead of it. And we'll talk about that as well, both pros and cons. And it, regardless though, if you're in knowledge creation, if you're in event planning, if you're in um, D to C, uh, uh, products, if you're in a small business, uh, in a local main street, small business, it does not matter what industry you are in. AI is coming and it is going to have an impact. I think there are varying degrees of impact. I think there are certain industries that will have a delayed impact. There are certain in industries that are being impacted already today in a major way. Uh, but you cannot get around this. There is no um, denying that this is happening. If you don't believe in it, understand that you are wrong. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to like AI. It doesn't mean that you have to use AI, but to pretend that somehow you are insulated from AI, uh, is absolutely incorrect. Uh, you will, um, you are creating a blind spot for your business, for your life, uh, for your potential income. And there are individuals who are coming for you if, if that's the case. So really, I, I don't want to go too much more into that. Um, but I have, like I've said at the very beginning, I've spent a tremendous amount of time over the last six months, 
uh, in particular in AI, in the tools. Um, I'm going to give you some resources that you can do your own research on this as well. But um, there is no denying this is coming. You, you just, it is, this is not a fad. This is not a, something the government's going to come in and regulate. I frankly, because of how moronic our current political class is across the board, that is not a political statement on one side or the other, just these individuals uh, that, that are making decisions for us at, at a national level uh, are uh, so focused on their own narcissistic self-interest and defeating the other side that they are going to miss this. We're talking about things and having conversations about things that are so incredibly nonsensical and so off of the basis of what this country was founded on that real intrinsic issues like AI impacting the day-to-day -day life of, of everyday citizens of America, or if you're outside of the country as well, um, at least in the US, we are going to miss this. This will be out ahead of politicians before they're able to regulate it. It's just absolutely going to be. Um, you know, you hear these little rumblings, but frankly, if I'm being, if I'm going to put my tinfoil hat, you know, my kind of conspiracy hat on, I, I don't think that our national politicians want to curb AI. I think they want to use it for themselves. And I'm sure that's how they will probably, probably frame this. Um, you can take that for what it is. Uh, I, you know, I just do not see the pace of AI and its integration into our lives uh, being able to be regulated by the current C students in our, our, in our national political class. It just, to me, they want to talk about things that are so incredibly nonsensical that the real issues uh, tend to get dropped on the floor because God forbid you take a stance on something that uh, may actually uh, matter because um, then you might not be elected again, which is, it's just a job for these people. So, uh, that, that being set aside, again, not right or left, it's across the board. Um, I think AI is going to get out ahead. And if you're hoping that the government regulates it so that you can stay in business, I, I think that's another blind spot that you're creating for yourself. Um, so that is my current take on AI in terms of whether or not this is real, whether it's a, just a trend or a fad or whether this is real, absolutely positively, unequivocally real. Coming like a freight train, you cannot stop it. Uh, you can make decisions. That doesn't mean your decision has to be to fully embrace it. That's not what I'm saying. And I want to address that actually towards the end of the show. We're going to address whether this is good or not, whether fully embracing AI is something you should or shouldn't do. I actually have uh, some opinions you might be surprised on there, but this is coming. Can't deny it. Absolutely positively coming. Um, if you disagree, then I would love, leave it in the comments on the YouTube channel. Uh, guys, this is such a polarizing topic for a lot of people. Um, if you have comments, if you have questions, um, leave them in the comments on the YouTube channel. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's, uh, just search my name. You'll find me. Um, if you need the actual URL, it's Ryan. It's youtube.com slash Ryan M. Hanley. Uh, middle name is Michael. Ryan M. Hanley. And you'll find uh, the channel. So coming absolutely positively. Uh, I want to give you a resource, a great resource to, to do your own research on these things. Uh, it is uh, one of many newsletters that I subscribe to, but it's called Prompts Daily. I will have a link both in the YouTube channel and in the show notes for the podcast to this where you can sign up. It's free. It comes uh, daily. It's prompts daily. But it is, it's a great kind of what's happening, real-time news, um, not necessarily biased towards AI, just uh, stories about what's happening in AI. It gives you uh, trending tools. It breaks down 
some different things that are happening. It breaks down interviews, resources, news articles, as well as then giving you, which I think is really cool, um, prompts for ChatGPT, uh, MidJourney, Bard, which is Google's uh, AI tool, Bing. Um, it gives you these different prompts that you can use to actually create things, which is a really good way to get a feel for testing. It's actually how I started. I, I found this newsletter when I was doing my own research. And um, the I started using some of the prompts and seeing what the results were and then playing around with it and testing. And then you know, my nerdiness took off from there. But those prompts are really cool. They're a really good way to get started as well as sometimes they're the way they create these prompts. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I could use that to create this. And then that's a great way to spin this message or see if I can capture this audience or uh, you know, we could use this to create this kind of checklist that we've been looking for in our business. And there's some really great ways that we'll talk about how to accelerate what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, that Prompts Daily Newsletter is a great place to start. So again, uh, in the YouTube description or in the uh, show notes for the podcast, uh, I'll have the link to that where you can subscribe. Um, you know, getting into my philosophy on AI. So I believe that uh, humans are an incredibly part and part of business. And Andy Frisella, who is just, in my opinion, um, a national treasure. Uh, some people, you know, to me, more of the weak-minded individuals that exist out there don't like him because he curses. Uh, it's it's hard for me to accept adults who are offended by curse words. I get it. You don't have to use them. You don't have to love them. But to be offended by curse words to me is immature, and it, to me, it's a a, a weak-minded way of viewing the world. Again, it doesn't mean you have to like them. I'm not saying you can't like you're, uh, you have autonomy, you have personal agency, you, you don't have to use them, you don't have to like them. But to be offended and to not accept a resource or a vein of thought or an idea stream from an individual because they curse, to me is, it's small minded. Um, Andy Frisella has a tremendous podcast. He's also the founder of First Form Fitness, as well as a whole myriad of other businesses. Um, he runs a membership uh, group called Arte, which actually I subscribe to. It's monthly calls and whatever. Absolutely tremendous for business. Um, but Andy is incredibly, incredibly um, anti-AI. And he feels like going down the AI path is is horrible for society, that AI will just ravage what it means to be a human and our humanity and the way we live and work and interact with each other, and that it will ultimately be a net negative for society. And he is actually doing everything he can to fight against uh, businesses integrating AI uh, or organizations integrating AI into their business. And I hear that. Um, there is a part of me that agrees with him. Now, however, like all things that Andy does, he tends to be um, very draconian. And while I understand and agree with his sentiment in part, uh, I disagree that AI used to the benefit of the humans um, is going to be a net negative. There, there are, I think, and, and I've even seen this in my own work. I've seen AI allow me to expand my mind, allow me to expand my ability to articulate certain messages, allow me to hone certain skills, allow me to express creativity in a way that I haven't expressed before. Uh, and I found them to be incredibly positive. 
That being said, I think what Andy's true message is, is that he sees at some point AI basically replacing everything we do and humans losing the thing that makes us so special, which is the, our craziness, our weirdness, our oddities, the, the imperfections that make humans who we are. AI, AI smooths those rough edges. And that to me, I think there's a lot of validity to that. I think there is an incredible amount of validity to that. And, and this is where we have to walk this line. This is where I've put a lot of thinking in. Actually, before I recorded this episode, I just went for a ruck walk. I do 40 pound ruck walks, usually for 45 minutes to an hour a day. And I was thinking about this, this, this kind of polarized concept of if we even step, put our toe in the AI bucket, is that too much? Right, which would be Andy's position as of the recording of this show. He actually just talked about it on one of his recent episodes. What's up, guys? Quick break here. Want to give a shout out to Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. That's your need for your customers ever changing needs. With MBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. Sorry, sometimes when you're reading these things, the way the words are written don't sound as good as they probably look. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information, go to Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Visit nbsbrokerage.com. On the reels, guys, Rogue Risk uses nationwide brokerage solutions. We've been very, very happy with them. Hanley out. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that because of my own personal experience. I struggle with that uh, for my own business, looking at my own business life. I struggle with that looking at how I'm able to produce this podcast and distribute this podcast in a way that is actually affordable for me and, and suits the time. Like, I, I have this show, I want to get it out, I want to put it in front of people, I want to share these ideas, these things I've learned, I want to share interviews from people that I know that I think are going to help you, uh, the audience, grow individually, be entertained, hopefully, as well. And in, in today's world, in the way the, the internet works, in the way uh, our time is, I'm also a dad, I also bought a house or... A, Technically, I'm closing on the house as of the day that I'm recording this show. And how do I get that done um, if I don't use tools that allow me to leverage a shorter amount of time with a, with a massively increased amount of efficiency and productivity, right? Like, I understand that for someone who owns a large company who has money that they can put into a production team, a producer, a video editor, uh, a social media manager, a co-host, et cetera, that producing content and sharing those ideas and, and spreading them in a meaningful and professional way is a reality. But for you know me, who basically up until very recently operated as, an, as a single individual and no, I, I basically have a, a VA that works for me 20 hours a week now, and we're really just getting started. But like this show and what I want to do with this show and the value I want to bring to you would not happen without some of the tools that we're going to discuss here in a few minutes. It's, it just simply would not happen. I would not be able to dedicate the time. I would not be able to do the research necessary, right? 
I want to, I want to be more thoughtful in the message that I express to you. In order to do that, I need to do more research. I need to, to, to read more. I need to dive into topics. I don't just want to talk surfacy about a concept. I want to really dive in and give you the meat and potatoes, give you the, the backstories, give you the thought leaders, give you the people in history who have considered these topics and their thought process, I want to be able to steal me on the other side of the argument. I think one of the lessons that I learned um, from 2016 in which you, know, you guys are listening to the show, I, I voted for Donald Trump um, and I did that and, and I don't regret that, but I became very polarized in that moment. I was not part of the solution. I was absolutely part of the problem. Like I don't regret my decision to vote for him. I voted for him again in 2020 and uh, quite possibly will again, depending on who the Democratic candidate is. Although I do love, uh, I do absolutely love um, uh, Bobby Kennedy. So uh, I, I would actually love it if it were Bobby Kennedy versus Vivek Ramaswamy. I think that would be just an absolutely amazing presidential race in which, regardless of who won, the country wins. Um, but it doesn't. We probably will not get that. But but my point is not who I voted for. Uh, I don't have no regrets for who I voted for. My problem is the way that I approached it. I felt like I was very polarized. I was very, uh, it, I'm not proud of, of my approach to that election. I'm not proud of some of the comments that I made, particularly on Twitter, et cetera. Um, not so much because I disagree with the comments, but just they weren't additive. They were accusatory. And I don't like that, right? So uh, I want to be able to steal me on the other sides of these arguments. Like I'm, I want to talk about why I think Andy Frisella feels the way he does, even though uh, there is a portion of what he's saying that I disagree with. I think that's important to you guys, but to have that time to be able to do that, I need to be able to leverage AI, which kind of makes my point is why I disagree with him. I think that, that yes, humans are the most important thing. We don't you know in a narcissistic, hedonistic, selfish world, is is full blown, full tilt AI the best way to go? Absolutely, it absolutely is. If all that matters is your own personal success and money, screw all the people. Go full blown AI. Leverage your business all the way up through AI. You will most likely be able to find massive success, um, at least in part. Um, but that success will be personal, and it will be it'll be self oriented. And while um, I, there's always a case to be made for that. I guess I struggle with that as a Christian and believer of stoicism and, and other right concepts. Uh, uh, I get why people might want to do that. Um, I just think that I, guess, I think I guess I think narcissism is and, and really secularism is one of the biggest problems with our world today. I think we have to marry the two, and this is where my concept of human optimized business comes in. I think that there are places. I think that Andy. I think Andy's concerns are right. There's this tremendous meme that went around Twitter. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different versions of it where basically they take like buildings from the 1500s that are beautiful, these majestic and thought out. And you think of these people chiseling with you know, archaic tools and making these amazing buildings and structures that are just, you, you, regardless of taste, you can't deny the beauty of these structures. And then you look at the buildings that we made in the 70s and you're like, it makes you want to shoot yourself in the face. It's like, oh my God, how terrible is this? How much have we lost our, our self-respect for, for beauty, for this just utilitarian awfulness? And it's, it's really interesting when you see that. So, uh, 
uh, these memes were going through and I was having a conversation with another Twitter account that I enjoy. And, um, and basically I said, I feel like we, as we become more reliant on technology, we lose our humanity and we lose the artisan skill that it takes to be, to, to create pure beauty, right? We, we leverage, we over leverage the technology and lose the intrinsic skills because we're so bent on the technology. And I think that is the tightrope walk that's going to get us to success. I don't think Andy's AI is the worst. Everything that's AI is going to ruin our life is right. I also do not think that this, I'm going to AI absolutely everything about my business and I'm going to fire people if I can replace them with AI tools and robots, et cetera. I also do not think that is the right path because I think we lose who we are. I think the path is going to be in the middle and it is this idea of human optimized business. And that is the tightrope walk that I am trying to maneuver uh, with both this podcast uh, and the content that I create personally, and then taking those lessons, obviously, as we talked about before, and applying them to Rogue Risk. Rogue Risk has always been about human optimization. It's about giving the humans the ability, the space and the time to be human, to do the work that humans do best, the creative problem solving, the interpersonal and relational skills, the, the creativity. These are the things that make humans special and, and amazing the weirdness, the craziness, the wackiness, the, the ideas that come out of nowhere, the moments of inspiration, the moments of love and connection and caring and, com and compassion. Th this is what makes us so special. And I think India is right to want to preserve those things. But I don't think that we can continue to do that in our current world if we are not optimizing those humans with certain tools. And that is my philosophy on AI so that you have it. I, I, where am I missing here? I guess I, I, I never like to be fully on one side or the other of an argument because everything in my life has taught me that the truth and the best path is always usually somewhere in the middle on most of these types of conversations. And that all being said, I, I, I believe in the humans so much. I believe in what we can do. And I think we need to get back to, I think we need to start to build more space into our life for doing things with our hands, being part of nature. Tucker Carlson did this amazing interview with Russell Brand. You can probably Google it here or Google it, yes, but find it on YouTube if you're listening on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure where Russell Brand's audio podcast is anymore. I usually watch him on YouTube. Uh, they had this amazing, and, and Tucker Carlson is a, is a huge uh, nature guy. Uh, he had, um, he, I think he lives possibly in Maine, but um, he, he's this enormous nature guy. And he was talking about how um, the way the world is moving so fast, et cetera. He still believes in taking these long walks with his dogs and his wife and, and through the woods. And he believes in curating his yard and, uh, and, and really getting his hands into and, and, and trying to bring beauty out in a very manual fashion so that you can reconnect with, with nature and the world and other individuals. And, and I think that we have to build that space and time in. But with the fast-paced nature of our business, it feels like to me there also needs to be a portion of us that is able to and believes in leveraging the tools that I'm about to talk about. So, uh, I would love your comments on this. I would love your thoughts on this. Um, where do you fall on these topics? You know, where do you fall on this particular concept of, of, of human optimization and using tools? Do you think Andy Frisell is right? Do you think the pro AI everything part of our world, that class of individual, that class of business professional is correct? 
Um, where do you fall on this topic? What have you seen? What have you experienced personally? Leave it in the comments on YouTube. Again, as I've said, that's the best place to do that. All right. So all that being said, which you probably came to this podcast, we're 34 minutes in, for tools. So let's talk about tools. I said I wasn't talking about tactics, but um, no, none of us are perfect. Uh, let's talk about tools. So what tools are we using at Rogue? What tools am I using personally? Um, I'm going to give you a few that I think are worth checking out. Um, I have probably vetted at this point 100 plus tools at least probably worked through 100 plus tools in different versions some of them are immediately crap like as soon as you soon as you get in there you're like eh, nah this ain't no good some of them are mind-blowing in terms of their ability to uh amplify what you're doing um let's see let's start at the one that that uh uh broke the ceiling the the ai glass ceiling uh uh, released, released that out into the world, um, ChatGPT. ChatGPT, particularly ChatGPT4, if you're using 3.5, that's fine, but paying the 20 bucks a month uh, for ChatGPT4 is absolutely positively worth it. I find that its ability to help you do things like build outlines, build checklists, uh, write little, little ditties, uh, create headlines for posts, um, help you do research, uh, ChatGPT, I think, is still limited in its indexing up till sometime in 2021 is is my understanding. So anything that's been 2021 post, uh, you'll have to use a different resource, which, uh, you know, I'm also I'm, I'm cross-referencing BARD. So if you go to BARD, B-A-R-D.google.com, uh, you can cross-reference BARD with ChatGPT4, and you can get some incredible research. So, you know, when I'm thinking about different things, particularly for like the Monday Mindset or um, or other things that, that I'm doing kind of, I'm cross-referencing the two. I'm using both at the same time. Uh, Bard is also good because Bard can actually reach out into the internet and do things like, uh, review your website. So I recently did, uh, I recently, um, asked Bard to review rogris.com and all of its workers compensation content and deliver five headlines or topic ideas that Bard felt were missing from telling the entire workers' compensation story. And I basically just wanted to see what it would do. And it was interesting. Actually, two of them I had already created resources on, which was an interesting result. And you know, I have to think through exactly what that means. But three of them were gaps in content. And those gaps in content, you know, I wanted to fill those gaps. I wanted to make sure that if someone comes to Rogue Risk and searches our website, uh, that we are able to provide them with you know, a, a all-encompassing resource of insurance material. And uh, that was a wonderful use case. Uh, like I said, I also use BARD for researching different like, um, uh, studies, you know, like professional research, like academic research. Uh, hey, can you find me, um, you know, three of the most referenced academic papers on say um, discipline or whatever. I'm just, that's kind of a trite example, but just to give you an idea, and it'll come back with, different professors or academics who've written these papers. And then I'll use that as a jump off point to review those ideas. So just to give you an idea of how I'm using them, they are incredibly useful. They're kind of the baseline. Um, I would use both today. I don't necessarily trust one or the other. Understand you cannot trust these things a hundred percent. You can't just assume because Chad GPT four says it, that it's absolutely true. I think cross-referencing is important. Uh, look at the source material as best you can. 
Um, and make sure you don't just copy and paste things that these things write for you in without rereading them. Uh, these are still just computers and they're still relatively new. Uh, the technology is still relatively new. They are incredibly useful and valuable when used in the appropriate ways, but you are still responsible for what you put out. Uh, Chat GPT-4 said so is not a uh, appropriate response to putting something out into the world that is incorrect. So, uh, ChatGPT4 and Bard are really good places to start. Um, for images, I use Midjourney. Uh, Midjourney, if you you can Google Midjourney, uh, Midjourney, uh, you need to uh, download and use a uh, Discord forum, which turns some people off because it feels techy. Um, if this is AI, people, you're going to have to you know, lose your Luddite hat if you want to engage in some of these things. It's really easy to set up and they show you, but it does take a few steps. Once you have it set up, it's literally just click and you're in. What Midjourney does is create these ridiculously detailed, amazing um, AI images that you're seeing in the world. They're most likely created by, uh, by Midjourney. That's most likely the case. And, and um, there are other tools. Um, there's Dolly that ChatGPT4 has, um, that is, I like Midjourney better personally. And, uh, what I like is, you know, you can create these kind of dreamscape, um, these hyper-realistic, these, uh, I did uh, one post around, uh, I did a couple LinkedIn posts, I did a LinkedIn post series, um, around hiring because we were hiring at Rogue Risk. If you're an insurance producer and, or, or anyone who's interested in an insurance production career, uh, Rogue Risk is always hiring producers. Uh, you can go to join.rogrist.com and learn more. Um, I created this entire series because we have openings right now and we are actively hiring. And I basically told Midjourney to create uh, you know, these set graphics and they, you know, a happy professional who just learned they got the job of their, uh, the, the job of their dreams, right? Uh, that's not exactly what I put, but something like that. And it comes out with all these different iterations of that concept. and then. You can create variables, subtle changes, um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you can change the fidelity of the image. You can do all kinds of different things. You can zoom out, zoom in, pull left, right. There's all kinds of different things that you can do to make this image very unique and interesting. And you know, versus having to go find stock photography, I find it is a really interesting way to differentiate because what you feed it in terms of the prompt is what it produces. So it's limited by your creativity to create prompts. And as you learn how to prompt these tools uh, more effectively, you can have them create these just extraordinary images. They're very eye-catching, and, and I really enjoy it. So, uh, Midjourney is a great one for images. Um, the next one I'm going to give you to look at is for all of you LinkedIn users. Um, Taplio, T-A-P-L-I-O. I will have a link to Taplio both in the show notes below. I'll have a link to all this stuff in the show notes below or and in the YouTube description. But Taplio is a tool specifically for LinkedIn. It's just for LinkedIn. It's just for posting on LinkedIn. But if you are a, if you are a user of LinkedIn, um, beyond just like you log in and read stuff, if you are posting, if you're trying to grow an audience there, if you're trying to share a message, if you're trying to reach customers, if you're trying to reach, uh, I use it a lot for, for hiring, right? I create stuff. You know, a lot of the stuff that I create on LinkedIn is to give people insights into who I am as a leader, into who Rogue is as a company, um, into the different things that I'm doing. And, uh, and, and my philosophy, et cetera, so that when we have, when we're looking for, to, to bring people into our company, they know more about us than just, oh, there's, hey, there's this job posting. So I'm very active on LinkedIn and uh, Taplio is, in my opinion, 
an absolute must of a tool. It it allows you to um, find uh, trending posts. It allows you to uh, com- use simple ideas and have the AI expand upon them that then you can edit and iterate on. It allows you to take a post that you wrote and maybe maybe it's a little too wordy, too long. A lot of us are too wordy. Um, while I can be fairly concise and written word, obviously in the verb, I don't know what I'm speaking. I that's not the case. Um, but uh, it can help you make it shorter, make it longer, bolder. It can it can give you suggestions on ways to add calls to action, or maybe your post is missing a hook, so it can call out kind of simple structural things that are wrong, and then uh, schedule those posts uh, out over time. So I'm usually about two weeks out on LinkedIn with just consistent content. I'm always posting things that come up randomly, but I like to have at least one, possibly two posts on LinkedIn every day scheduled out about two weeks ahead of time, and that keeps the it keeps my LinkedIn active. It keeps people associating to the brand. It keeps people associated to our mission, our goals, et cetera, which is all really highly important when you're growing anything, whether it's a growing a podcast, a show, a media property, or you're trying to grow your business, trying to find new new partners, new customers, new vendors, uh, new employees. LinkedIn is a wonderful tool. Taplio is absolutely positively the best tool that I have found for dominating LinkedIn. It just is. Uh, it does come with a cost. You'll have to pay it. Don't be a cheap. Don't be cheap. You know, these tools cost money. Pay the money. If you're listening to this show, I would, and, and this thing is important to you. I'm not saying you should use all these tools. I, there are plenty of tools that I've tried, paid a month's worth, didn't like them, and got rid of them. But if these things are important, if LinkedIn's important to you, you're probably going to have to pay some money if you want the tools that are really going to help you grow. What most people do is they don't pay the money, they go the cheapo route, and then they wonder why they're never successful. Don't be that person, right? If you actually want the success, pay the money, do the work, be successful. It's that easy. Okay, Taplio is a good one. Um, there is a similar tool. It's actually made by the same company. Looks and feels exactly like Taplio, Taplio unless you are uh, into Twitter. And it's called Twitter Hunter. I uh, tried it. I think it's amazing. Growing my Twitter is not a big priority to me, so I don't use the tool um, anymore. I tried it. I think it's wonderful for all the same reasons that I just described for Taplio, except it's focused on Twitter. I just, tw- growing my Twitter is not a priority to me. Uh, I like Twitter a lot. Um, I think it's hilarious and amazing. But um, growing my Twitter presence is not something that drives me today, uh, maybe in the future. Twitter Hunter, if you're interested in it, similar tool, amazing. The last tool that I want to talk about today, uh, and again, there's so many, but I also don't want to give you guys every secret that I have because some of it, some of it isn't secret. Uh, some of it is I'm just not sold on a tool yet. I may be using it, trying it, testing it. I'm not 100% sold. The things that I am sharing with you right now, I am completely and utterly sold on. The last thing, and you can go to Rogris, go to rogris.com, and one of the top level um, uh, menu items is answers. Click on that button and you'll be able to test exactly what I'm telling you. The, ta- the tool is wonderchat. Dot AI. I'll have a link again, show notes, description, et cetera. Um, Wonder Chat is a chatbot, an AI chatbot. Uh, it is incredibly inexpensive. I think it's like $99 a month. Um, but what it does is it uses ChatGPT4's um, um, AI methodology, tools, et cetera. Again, I'm not a coding engineering expert on AI, but it uses ChatGPT4 but it only returns results based on the information you feed it, your data set. So it can do things like scan your website. 
You can feed it PDFs. You can feed it, you know, all different kinds of documents. And it will only return results based on what you feed it. So what we've done is we've had this tool scan our website. We have 500 pieces of content or something like that. And it's returning results to our users in terms of answers. Now, you also get to craft its personality. So we've called it Martha, our quantum concierge, which I think is just cheeky and fun. And I used MidJourney to create an image of Martha, which is like the icon. And then you basically craft uh, Wonder Chat's personality. And I don't want Wonder Chat, so things like never give coverage recommendations, never guarantee pricing or anything. I, I will allow it to offer potential ranges of, of pricing, but never, we're never guaranteeing anything, et cetera, because everyone's going to go, everyone who's listening to this is in the insurance industry is go, what about the errors and omissions concern? We're working on that, but, but that's how we use it. It's the same thing as you create content and when it's you talking, you never talk in guarantees, you never talk in specifics. You, you give people an idea of what they should be considering and, a, and an idea of what something means, but ultimately they have to either make the decision themselves or talk to a professional. You, you never want to guarantee anything um, when it comes to these types of things. And then uh, this tool will say at a certain point in the conversation may say, hey, do you want to uh, talk to a licensed professional? Here's our phone number. They will also recommend uh, our kind of get a quote page, which is quote.rogris.com. So it'll recommend that. And uh, what's really interesting is we've only had the, the tool up for two weeks. Uh, we've gotten over 200 chats and uh, 31 people have clicked get a quote and gone over to the quote page and contacted us. So consumers are using this and the questions are amazing and they're all over the board. And we're using this as another way to see what questions people are asking that we don't have answers for. And then we're going out, creating that content, uploading it, letting the tool index it, and then delivering it. And this is the very first commercial insurance search engine. You can use this tool to search items on commercial insurance in a way that is specific only to commercial insurance and is written in real language. You know, because that's really what we do at Rogue is we take these concept, uh, these very technical and professional concepts and we distill them down into language that you know everyday business owners who, who aren't insurance professionals, nor should they be, uh, can use. That's really a big part of our business is education, and trying to, to speak the language of our customers. So this is a wonderful, wonderful tool. And uh, I see it as a way to just add incredible value to our customers. Uh, people log in at midnight, they have questions, right? They see something, they have a question about their business. They now can get a, an answer that we believe in because it's on our site. They can get that answer uh, back to them, right? We obviously don't want to be guaranteeing anything. We don't want to be, uh, we're not, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a comparative rater. We're not going out and pulling rates. That's not the point. The point is education and information, and then uh, directionally pointing them to the individuals that are licensed on our team who can really break that down and, and help service their needs if possible, right? That's the, that's the goal. Here's the really cool part. We are now taking that technology and pointing it inward. We're creating another chatbot that is basically going to be a reference guide for our internal team, our best practices, um, how we want to do certain things. Uh, if people have a question about certain scenarios that come up and they're not sure how they should address them, all that is now being fed into an internal separate chatbot, which will be specific and only seen by our team. This allows you as a leader uh, to craft a resource that is real time, that you don't constantly have to be deluged with questions that are repeatably answerable, right? So, so you know, there are certain questions that you get that you really need to dive into, right? They're problems and you need to use your expertise and your experience to solve. But what was really interesting about this AI is you can deliver it 
a, a piece of information, right? It could be a PDF. You could do a, a talk to text, export it into a PDF, upload it. It doesn't have to be completely well-written. The, the chatbot is going to dissect the information and then deliver it in a way that is digestible for the individual. So you don't have to, this doesn't have to be some perfectly curated thing if it is accurate to what you believe and what you want. And you could even take your cell phone, talk to text, talk, talk the, uh, exactly what you want to say, you know, what maybe walk through a certain process or talk through a certain procedure or methodology or cultural belief or whatever, particularly to your organization. And then have it maybe transcribed by any given services. You could use rev, rev.com if you want. There's tons of these though. And then take that text, upload it to the chatbot. And now your team, if they have a question, can go to the chatbot and say, hey, how do we do this? You know, how, do we, uh, how do we bill our customers? And we bill our customers. We go into this system. Uh, we create an invoice. The invoice needs to be properly numbered, et cetera, et cetera. And it can literally outline a checklist. And now the employee doesn't have to search some Google Drive or whatever, some crappy Microsoft product, they can, they literally have the answer sitting right in front of them in real time based on what you want it to be. And that to me, my friends, is a, is a true value driven use case on how you optimize the humans, right? You're not replacing the humans. You're just giving them a tool that allows them to spend less time on the mechanical transactional things and more time on the problem solving, on the creativity, on the relational aspects of their job that really make us who we are, which is humans. So uh, I hope this was interesting. I hope it helped. I know we did a lot of philosophy talk at the beginning. I uh, did give you some tools at the end. So you got that, uh, you got that little hit of uh, tactics and, and tools that you guys always like, but would love your feedback on AI. I'd love to know where you're at with this stuff. I would love to know what is going on in your business. I don't care if you're in the insurance industry. I don't care if you're outside the insurance industry. I don't care what your particular issue is. I'd love to know where you're sitting on this, what you've tried, what you've seen, what you're coming. Hit me up in the comments below. Let's have a conversation. And uh, maybe in future episodes, we'll pull some of those comments and actually talk through some of them um, so that we can continue the conversation as we go. Because I don't think AI is going anywhere. Uh, hopefully, I made that clear. Um, my friends, I, I love you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed. Tell a friend if you haven't already, if there's someone out there that enjoys this stuff. But uh, either way, appreciate the hell out of you. I'm out of here. Peace. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up, go to ChatGPT, put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said, I don't have enough time to go 
on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified. Shaboom!